Welcome to Well Played, a podcast on all things playful and joyous. Well Played's goal is to have conversations to help educators see and understand the power of play by making learning immersive and fun. This is Well Played's second episode. Can't believe we made it to the second episode. And we are excited to get this combo started. Today I am joined by a new voice, Carrie, and we're talking about how to stay well played at the end of the school year. Let's introduce ourselves, Carrie. Hi, everybody. I am uh, Carrie Bauckham. I'm a sixth, seventh, and eighth grade extended resource uh, special education teacher in Arlington Heights, Illinois. And I am Michael Matera, author of Explore Like a Pirate. And truly just passionate about sharing this, this sort of the joy of play, the, the joyousness, whether it's card games, board games, uh, infusing it into your learning. It doesn't matter. Just let's be playful. So, Kira, I did have sort of a question. Uh, I can't remember how we met. So I, I do remember like our paths crossing at, I know, Ed Camp Milwaukee a couple of times and I would just see you and I, I think I knew you, but I just didn't really know. And I know that every time you gave a session at it, um, at Ed Camp Milwaukee, they were packed. Like people were loving gamification, but I remember it was not even in my wheelhouse. So I was like, it was not something I ever, um, went to those sessions. And so by the time I finally had decided to gamify my classroom, um, I think about a year and a half later, it was last year at um, ICE, Illinois Computing Educators Conference in, Arl- in Illinois, um, I had given my first um, conference workshop or session on gamification, and I'm standing up there talking, and I'm finally into my flow, and my knees have stopped shaking, and all of a sudden, I turn to the side of the room, and there stands Michael Matera. And I remember I had this like out of body experience and I kind of <laughs> was a total, it was a total dork moment. And I was, I geeked out in front of the whole session. Um, and poor Michael's cheeks get red because he probably didn't expect, you know, um, <laughs> me to react in such a way. <laughs> but I was just so in awe that Michael had come to see me speak on gamification. Um, and I think at that moment after meeting you there and um, hearing your input and just being able to connect with you was just, um, I remember it being the first moment where I'd, I've been, you know, I've been pretty active on social media for a long time and I have a lot of friends and people that are very supportive. But in that moment with you, um, I felt like that was the first moment that I really felt like, wow, we really are in it together and we really are there to make people feel like we're better together. And that was just, it was, you know, it was a fun moment, I think. That, I mean... For me. That's so true, though. I mean, I like the idea. I think the gamification community or the game-based learning community is, one, still relatively small, but I think we are all in it together. And, you know, we're mm-hmm. all building off of each other. We're all sharing with each other. Uh, and it, it, we really are all in it together. And we really make... It makes our classroom so much more dynamic. Um and it, for those of you, if you guys get a chance to see Carrie speak, I mean, she is dynamite. Uh, her presentations are always great, and your insights are phenomenal about how to gamify really in in schools in general. So, uh, and you're, you're a special ed teacher? I am a special education teacher. Mm-hmm. So, again, like, I just feel like the, the insights you share 
can help sort of all all classroom teachers ranging from all grades and you know all angles of education so it's really really great to have you and Carrie and I have over the years gone to a lot of ed camps together yes uh, <laughs> I go down to all the ed camp Illinois I can get to where she lives and she comes up here to ed camp Madison and Milwaukee when she can and uh over the years we've gotten quite a nice little friendship so and, it's been wonderful yes and, and lots of laughs we have a lot of ed camp lunches that are quite memorable we'll we'll spare you oh the... yes i forget about those but you're right they all they're always memorable <laughs> we'll spare these guys the details but <laughs> they're they're pretty memorable so like we said today we're talking about sort of a well played end of the school year um you know, for me, end of the school year is just a great time to to sort of do some like pilot programs in your own classroom, you know, like try something out, mm -hmm. you know, and you collect these things over the year in ed camps. And I know a lot of teachers say, well, I'm just going to finish out the year and, and next, you know, like over the summer, I'm going to figure this stuff out and then try. But like you have these sort of perfect test subjects, these kids that know your routines, know you. Mm -hmm. It is a perfect time, I think, to just try something new. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be gamification, but just try, try something new. Mm -hmm. And so I have always really used my fourth quarter as just like a little lab experiment uh, for apps and programs and project ideas. How about you? I agree. Um, it, it's, it's such, I mean... You know, you, you hit it right on the on the. You nailed it. Like we, we we know our kids. We don't have to start. The beginning of the year can be wonderful too, but you don't know what you're getting into. Like you already know the pace of your class. You already know your students' ins and outs. You know what they like and that they don't like. But I also find like the end of the year, um, it's a great time to try new things because it's also a time where we just need like a boost. We need this an energizer we need like to plug into something that's going to keep us fresh and um feeling good about being a teacher because also the end of the year can be the hard time too where if we have a rough class it's it's you know it can be hard that last month or two of the quarter um yeah. to make it through at the end of the year and still feel invigorated and fresh and um and motivated as a teacher i think too no i mean definitely i mean that that end of the year can definitely drag for both you and the students. I mean, that mm -hmm. the the looming summer, it just sort of eclipses everything we're doing in our classrooms unless we sort of change the game of school a little bit. And then it, then it can still be this sort of fun and exciting thing for both you and your students to come to class, you know, to figure out what's going on. And it sort of keeps at bay that, yeah. that eclipse of summer, right? Right. Well, like maybe instead of thinking about counting down until the end of the school year comes, what about making the end of the school year so exciting that by the time it ends, they're surprised it's done, you know? Yeah. I mean, that is one of my favorite compliments. I'm sure teachers get it all the time. But, uh, you know, since gamifying my class, I get it more is, I mean, the end of the year, a lot of my kids are kind of bummed. Like they don't, they kind of don't want it to end. Don't get me wrong. They're excited to go to summer, but they they really just don't want the experience to end. I agree. I mean, I I just I get excited that my students get excited to come to my class every day because they just never know if it's going to be a regular class day where the, you know, the gamification just looms over everything and it's just there reminding us that things are playful or are we going to bring something big and and surprise them and that is always just it just keeps 
a wonderful, it brought really wonderful life and in, inspiration and passion into my teaching too. Yeah. So I like end of the year, like I said, I just, I try some zany stuff and it's, like I said, I think it's good for the kids, but I think it's also good for me. It keeps me on my toes, keeps me being creative. It's a, it's a time that really allows us to sort of push the envelope because we do have the kids so well trained at that point and we know them and they, they know us. Um, last week, uh, speaking of, you know, trying something a little out of the box, uh, I wrote about this in explore like a pirate, but I love this, but I, I think I could only get away with it in the fourth quarter, this end of the school year. Uh, I do for their last guilds of the year. And for those listeners that haven't read the book or know what I'm talking about with guilds, guilds are just my term for like a, my themed version of what a group is. And I have four guilds in the classroom and the last guilds get designed by having students write a, a resume where they talk about their strengths, their weaknesses awesome. or challenges, I think I call them. And then they have a little other box that they can share something. And the rules for this setup is that they can't write anything that directly points at them. So I walk them through some examples, right? Like you can't say I'm fifth on the leaderboard because that would remove any doubt of who it is. You could say I'm like near the top or, you know, I work really hard in Realm of Nobles, which is my game. Or I, I joke with them. I said like, you know, if you're that kid that has that shtick and everyone knows that like you like you like to answer the word cheeseburger to everything, like you, you can't put that down on your resume because it'll directly point to you, you know. So in the other box, don't write cheeseburger if that's your your shtick. I teach middle school, so this this kind of weird stuff happens all the time. It does. And uh but it's really cool. They write this and they don't put their name on it. And then I use uh I have them fill this out in a Google form. And then I use the Google add-on uh, Save to Doc, and it can take your form and it makes like individual pages for every entry. And then I hit print and I print off the you know twenty-five sheets for each class that have no names on them, and I lay them out on the floor. And the top four students in my gamified scoring, which again I want to stress, does not always mean my top four students. You know, like these are kids that are just mm -hmm. doing really well in the game. So these really empowering some students that normally don't get empowered. Uh, Agreed. End up doing a snake draft with these 25 sheets of paper. And, you know, uh, just, and I talked to them before they do it, you know, that like, look, think about, I mean, this is fourth quarter. It's the, the last quarter of our game. We want to end strong. It's your last opportunity to try to win this game as a house, as a, as a whole group. So be careful designing your guilds, you know, think about balance, think about all the crazy challenges I throw at you over the year. You know, you need some creative things, you need some organization, you need some initiative. So when you're building that team, look at those strengths and challenges and try to build a well-balanced team so that you're prepared for anything. And it's so awesome, one, to just see them excited about this, two, to really see them take it serious. I mean, like, these kids are gamers and when you put it out mm -hmm. when you put it out there like a game challenge like that like design the best team for this game to win oh my gosh these 12 year olds like take it super serious and they're sitting there reading all 25 and like balancing like well i already have two creative so i better not take a crit like what else do i need what other holes do we have let's think back i had one class where the four the four i don't know captains if you will that got to do the draft they actually all work together. 
I mean, they that's awesome. They literally like it wasn't like a draft where they were just trying to pick the best players for theirs. They were truly trying to say like, of these twenty five, here are what we all see as the four good ones. Let's make sure we each get one of them. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's just again like in a gamified experience, I find kids understand it better and truly perform better because they see what's at stake, right? It's it's less of an individual activity that school normally is where it doesn't matter what your neighbor does. It doesn't matter if that other guild is strong or not. But here it, here it does, and they, they truly try to make it as good as they can. As much as you'd think people would, I think people who might view from the outside might think that the, the competitive nature of a gamified classroom, which made me very nervous working with special education students, um, it made me really nervous because... Sure competitive competitiveness can be really difficult for them. I have been beyond impressed that how the applying the gamified philosophy to your classroom and adding that element of competition has brought out more amazing skills. And then also like what you just said, this, this natural teamwork, this natural camaraderie, this natural, just the goodness in each of them it just naturally comes out without us having to produce it or without us having to encourage it. Like when we play our game in my classroom and somebody, um, the students are working on um, different levels. So I had, um, I designed my game this year and I, I never really know where my game is going to go. I have a, an idea of how it, what the theme is and I have some general, you know, beginning elements, but I really let my game grow as my students, you know, want it to grow. And I also let life inspire me. So I had been sitting at my daughter's karate class and karate uses belts. And I'm like, oh my gosh, here's a gamified sport. I'm like, I have to do something with this. <laughs> I'm like, I have to use it. So I watched everything, like how they keep track of the belts and how they earn the different things in the belts and they get stripes on belts for a certain amount of days of things. So I took that whole system and applied it to my gamified classroom. And so now my students who are all Padawan Jedi's, Star Wars theme. Um, they get a card, and the first level I think is just a white—it's a white belt. So they get a white card, and I—we are all working on student skills, and so each card has a um, certain student skills that they need to demonstrate during class. And when they do, they get a signature on their card, and then de de depending on how many signatures they need to earn. At the end, when the card is filled, they level up, just like in karate. Once you get a certain number of signatures, you take a test. Um, I couldn't figure out how to test my kids, but I figured once they got the signatures, they level up and they get um, an element or a reward or a power from my um, array of powers, and then they get a new lightsaber. And it's become a really big deal in my classroom. It's like a lot of congratulations, the smiles that they get when they get to put their new lightsaber on, and then it also adds this whole element of just... Um, hierarchy and um pride so it's really because they i have these big like bobblehead jedis in my or padawans <laughs> in my classroom so it's their head on one of the robes for jedi oh, and then they're holding great. their lightsaber so it's a natural kind of leaderboard my whole bulletin board has padawan jedis all over it and they're all holding different jedi swords so they all can see who's at what level but it's also really nice too because each kid i mean while there's a competitiveness to it everybody wants to get the next level of um Jedi sword, but each kid also gets to work at their own pace and they get to work at their own rate and they get, you know, they get positive feedback at the end of every period, depending on what skills they're working on. It's been really wonderful. 
But anyways, that's I went around a long way, but it's great to see them cheer each other on, even though internally they want to be the best, you know? No, I mean, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I see the same thing in my classroom. And just like you, I mean, I was a little nervous to start about competition, you know? Schools have done, well, a very successful job of almost stomping out all competition, at least intentionally. I think students still compare grade points and all this other stuff, but... Yes. Uh, you know, we've sort of <laughs> neutered the competitive uh, experience in, in, in school. Agreed. Uh, so I, I didn't know how it was going to play out when I brought it in. But to be honest, I mean, same thing you've seen. I mean, it's with competition. I, I think we focus only on the bad parts of competition when we think about it in schools. But But think of... The football team, you know, think about the bonds that are formed by those players because they have a shared activity, a shared goal, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but with football comes competition, like, right. But we all say it's good. It's good for t kids to be in sports. It's, you know, teaches them so many things, but then why do we neuter that experience from our classrooms? Like we're professional mm -hmm. educators. We can, we can make sure it's healthy. We can make sure no one's getting picked on or bullied. Mm-hmm. But if we just neuter the whole experience, then boom, like we lose all of those other things that we say are so positive aspects of sports and the, and the team right. aspect. And I mean, I have so many students that, I, that say that they, they like this guild that we've formed, you know, these, these houses, they feel like they're connected, they have an identity, um, they're, they're empowered and they're inspired to really mm -hmm. work for their group, work for them themselves personally, but also kind of that greater good feeling and I, I mean like I don't ever want to give that up now that I've tried it so you know I uh, when we're talking here about trying new things at the end of the year if you're somebody that's a little leery about competition and infusing it mm -hmm. you know think think about think about trying a, a you know two three day activity that has some points and some some you know team aspects to it and just just see, you know, savor that flavor and see how it see how it tastes. But mm -hmm. I, th I think you're going to be surprised because it ends up being more authentic collaboration than than sort of the experiences we have built for school. Right, and I mean, I I tried my very first game the last quarter um, of the of the school year. I think two or three years ago, and I think I just had a couple elements in it. I think I had points. Um, the kids were. Um, in teams and the teams with each period of the day. So that made it super easy. So the group, the whole class was working as a team um, and they would earn stars as a group. So there was some team, um, a teamwork aspect to it, but then they were also earning individual points that they would contribute to group that they get to, they would get to roll a dice and um, do different things to the different, um, the other teams or the other class period. But it wasn't like, wasn't a huge, um, endeavor it wasn't like I you know I had to create a lot of things it was actually stars that I taped on my wall and the kids ate it up and I heard myself saying things instead of like Johnny you need to raise your hand it was like if we all don't raise our hand the whole group can't earn a star so there was like this my whole language about how I taught started to change and then aside from that watching the kids be excited at the end of the year made me excited and it was, every yeah. day was just yeah. a fun class period that's, you know that's so so true i mean like i i gotta admit i love it just as much as the kids now i mean now that i've done it mm -hmm. and it's so fun it's so fun and i mean 
It is so fun. And like last year, I think you had talked about mini games. I don't remember where I heard about it. Probably, I think, oh, I remember we were at an ed camp and you had mentioned your um, YouTube sunset oh, um, yeah. timer video timer. And I was like, that was one of those ideas. It was just like eating at my head. I'm like, oh, I have to figure out a way to use this. And so I, you know, designed my first mini game and I drew pictures on the board um, it was that it was I called it the zombie apocalypse, and the kids had to sort of you know um, solve enough math problems before the sunset so that they could attack the zombies, which was just was was just to throw these magnet things at zombies I had drawn on my chalkboard, um, so they could earn points. And they I have never seen kids solve so many math problems in three minutes, all so they could throw these flingons at zombies that I had drawn on the board so they could earn points. It was it was so much fun. Nice. Actually, see this. This is a perfect example, and I'm glad like we're doing this on the podcast here. This is a perfect example of where like once you start to gamify, your mind never stops, and it's constantly no, seeking new stops. ideas. Because as you describe this, uh, like my mind instantly jumps to like. So you did a like rift on my my idea. Yes. Now, now I'm going to do like a rift on your idea. And for any of those, for any of you who have played Minecraft. There's like this day and night, and night is dangerous. Day is yes. Like what if what if you kind of constantly went sun up, sun up, sun up, sun down, and like certain things happen during the evening, which are like huh? challenging, and they have to like protect themselves. And during the daytime, they have the ability to like work up and stock up, you know, possibly like you said, like these little magnets, so that they can defend themselves at night. So if they don't yep. answer enough during the day, the nighttime they might not survive. You know, and it's about getting the class to survive through right. the challenge like so that's just a and it was that's just yeah, a it gr was, great example sorry. of how no that's all right that's just a great example of like i hope you know the listeners think about how like that's just what it is like it's just how can we take that idea and push it a little further how can we augment this idea or you mentioned you know the the the, the belts of, in the karate that you're you're just sitting there and you're like oh, this is a perfect thing i can use yeah and it's just it's really it's just fun too like when i think back to how the, when the zombie game takes place, and I think, you know, as they, you know, I made it an individual thing, but some kids decided to team up, and I, and they're like, can we? I'm like, well, I never said you couldn't, and I thought, that's a genius idea, working on math problems together, you're going to get more done, um, and then they're like, well, what, what tools can we use? I said, whatever tools you need for math, so they had their calculators out, they had their notes out, and it just, it just changed, like, for one 40-minute period, we were like, you know, they were survivors in an apocalyptic world, and they're I forget what we call them, their huts or their survival places. And it was just, it's just, it was, it's just fun to see how, um, that the amount of playfulness it brings to the, to the setting is fun. Yeah. And like, that's just, again, your story really elicits so many, so many great examples of the power of gamification. Like, look what naturally happened for your students, right? They, they didn't just sit there like I'm bump on a log and say, teacher, tell me what to do. They they instantly were engaged and empowered by the activity, so far that they even tried to figure out like, well, what you know, what tools can we use? You know, they really they were probing the activity for strategy and how best to do it, and I think that right there is a culminating you know capstone type experience for 21st century learning, right? It's not just do these math problems, right? It is about mm -hmm. working on teams. It is about strategizing for the greatest outcome for the project. Yeah. And I just love to, it's just, I, 
you know, as a special education teacher, my kids need a lot of structure, they need a lot of routine, a lot of predictability. And I have also loved how gamification has loosened us all up. And, um, and it's also been fun to watch the students develop as gamers. So like with that zombie game, you know, when I when I share the rules, the ki- it's fun to watch the kids find loopholes in the rules and then find myself <laughs> be playful and fun and think, well, I never said you couldn't and then watch their wheels spin. So that's that's also it's just also fun to watch your kids become different thinkers, too, because of the games. And that's it's just brought a whole level of um, just a new element of creativity into the classroom, too, which has been fun to watch. Yeah, and I'm ama- and I'm really seriously amazed. I work with a wide range of students. Most of my students are two to three years below grade level and have some pretty significant student skill deficits. Um, and I last year I had a group of really tough um, behavior kids, and not a single one of them are not amazing gamers. And I have been blown away by the fact that um, these kids that can be pretty you know academically impaired are amazing at games. Like they get it. They get it sometimes better than I do. Yeah. And so I just never underestimate a student's ability to play a game. It's just really, it's really powerful. Yeah. And like gameplay is actually incredibly complex. Like there are layers of, uh, you know, pretend play. I mean, like you're taking on a theme mm-hmm. or a role and that's complex to sort of imagine that you're somewhere else doing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, some video games, I mean, have complex, you know, you know, button combinations. And some of them are, they're talking to their friend over their headset while like doing this complex button combination while trying to quickly decide, you know, the best thing to do in the video game. Uh, it's incredibly complex. So, I mean, sometimes I, I, in some of my presentations, I sometimes talk about how we have to be careful when we just sort of say, you know, kids are lazy or schools, you know, we're not getting the caliber students we used to get. I just don't know if we're tapping into the student like we used to, right? Like, I think our student body has changed. These, these are gamers. I mean, you said it. I, I sometimes call them Generation G because they play games more than anything else. And I think we're still teaching school like kind of a little bit like House on the Prairie, you know, let these kids just go home and read books. And that's like, no, they that's not what they do. So tapping into something that is more a shared experience for them, something that they can draw from and understand, I think does elicit a much different response in our classroom. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it, it's just, I don't know, I'll, I'll never my classroom will never be this. It will never go back to the way it was. It's just gamifying my classroom was the best um, thing I could have ever done. And it, because it's just like, I remember when um, I started trying new technology in my classroom and it allowed a lot of my students to um, access information in ways that they couldn't before. And I remember feeling so invigorated and re rejuvenated after 10 years of teaching um, and I've been teaching for 16 years now and gamifying my classroom is giving me that whole new life, just like it did, um, when the technology came into it. It's just, um, it's amazing. And it brings out this creativity and this, just this, um, energy in you because you always want to take it a step further and you always want to make your class engaging and you want to be a great game designer. And it's just, um, it's really rewarding for, for the students most of all, but for us too. I mean, totally agreed. And 
like we said before too, you know, just a reminder for some of you that like Carrie tried gamification right here, right now. Like she tried it in that fourth quarter, uh, and and rolled from there. And it doesn't even have to be big. I mean, even mini games are a great way. Mini games are just like these small, like you think of like a forty minute period, like a, a little mini game that you design. Like we were throwing magnets at a board for points kids ate it up so it's just it doesn't have to be this grandest thing either if you want to just tap into it a on a small level um and see how it feels too that can be powerful too to your students like what what are they going to do this time you know it's so true i mean there's so many possibilities out there i think uh another episode of well played is going to have to be dedicated all to uh mini games and i'm sure we'll actually look at that several times because it is it is just a neat and fun way for students and teachers to like design things. Yes. I love mini games. My, yeah, my students are always asking me when we're going to play the next one. They do like those. Well, that's, uh, that's fantastic, but I think we're going to have to wrap up here because people are finishing their prep period, listening to us or almost at we school. We could talk forever. We could. So we'll just have to save it for another episode. So, um, uh, you know, thanks for joining us today on Well Played's second episode. Uh, please be on the lookout for our next episode. It's truly an honor having you listen, learn, and play with us today. Please connect and share your ideas with us at explorelikeapirate.com or our SoundCloud page or on our hashtag WellPlayedU, hoping you are playing well. Check out the show notes for more details and resources. Uh, today... Carrie, I thought I would end with a quote by George Bernard Shaw. You know what time that is? That's right. It's reflection time. So George Bernard Shaw says, We don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. What do you think about that one, Carrie? I think it's true. I think I feel younger because I play more with my students. I I think so, too. I mean, right? Like, I'm enjoying my life more and more the more I choose to be playful. I agree. So, with that said, everybody, I hope you think about adding a little play to your life. Enjoy your week and play on.